0: Hi everyone, it's Alex here and welcome to the next episode of Confidence Rockstar podcast. This is our 10th episode already and before we dive in, I would like to invite you to my free masterclass on five steps how to become Confidence Rockstar that I will run on Monday, the 9th of March, 2020. And over there, I will share with you five secrets on how to double your confidence And limit the negative self-talk that is in your head. So the link to register you can find in the show notes to this episode and I'm really looking forward to seeing you there. Coming up in this episode...
1: And whenever we have a conflict of values, we experience resistance. And it's very hard to get in the momentum that you need to as an entrepreneur when you are coming up against all that resistance.
0: Hi, everyone. Today, I have a surprise for you. I'm bringing an amazing guest uh, to the show, Leah Gervais, and we will be talking about moving out of your own way. So I'm so excited to have Leah here because she is like the person I really respect and admire. And I'm sure that uh, you will be inspired by her story and the message that she will be sharing uh, with you. So before we start, let me quickly introduce uh, Leah to you. So Leah is a founder of Urban 20-something, a coaching business for entrepreneurs that focuses on cutting-edge marketing and entrepreneurial mindset. She grew her, for fun, side hustle to a six-figure business in three years and feels so blessed to be able to help others do the same. And I'm so excited to be bringing Leah to the show. Thank you, Leah, for being with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Alex. It's a privilege to be here.
0: Okay, Leah. So thank you so much for being with us. And I would like to ask you if you could share your story with us. How did you start your side hustle? And how did you turn it around into like six figures business in uh, three years?
1: Sure. I'd be happy to. So I started Urban 20-something as a blog when I was in my early 20s, and I was going through a very confusing time uh, career-wise. And I lived in New York, which was my dream come true. I had always wanted to move here since I was really young. You know, I think a lot of little girls do, but I just never gave up on it. So I got into school here. I moved here, and I was really chasing that big New York City life and i had found myself at a place in my early 20s where i was on track to go to law school i was on track to go to a a good law school i got into good law schools i was a paralegal i was also still in student loan debt from my original from my undergrad and i was at the time making pretty much a an entry level salary which is nothing to complain about. I was still in a place of a lot of privilege living in New York and being able to do so, but it was not very livable. I pretty much broke even with expenses and things like that. So all this is to say that I was living far from that kind of big life in New York that I had really dreamed of when I was younger, and I had thought that law school would be my ticket to that life. I thought that it would get me a six-figure job. I thought that it would really fulfill me career-wise, and I thought it would challenge me, and I just kind of assumed that it was the, the right thing to do. And thank goodness I realized that it was actually not at all the right thing to do for me. There's nothing wrong with being a lawyer, but I was not going to be, that was not my life (laughs) is what I kind of realized. I was in the wrong life or in the wrong movie, I guess. So I decided to decline my law school acceptances having no idea what else to do because as I mentioned, I was a paralegal at the time. So I was working at a law firm. I had spent the last two, three years studying for the LSATs and applying to law school. I was dating a lawyer. So everything in my life was just sort of constructed to go down that path. And when I disrupted it, I really had no clue where to go. I didn't know what else I was interested in. I didn't know if I should go back to graduate school. I didn't know if I should stay in New York. I was completely lost. And though it might sound somewhat silly now because I was in my early 20s, and I think everyone is lost in their early 20s, at the time, I felt very scared. I felt like I had gone back to being 18 years old, starting from scratch, trying to figure out what I was interested in, not really knowing where to go next. So I started my blog, Urban Twenty Something, to write about my life as a twenty-something in New York, trying to find her way, trying to find her her version of her big life in New York, but not having any roadmap to do so, and feeling like feeling pretty alone because feeling like they they kind of did everything right up to this point. I worked really hard to get into NYU. I worked really hard to get into law school. I worked really hard to get my job as a paralegal, and just none of it felt like it was worth it. So I started my blog to write about it and document my road to find my career in New York, find my place in New York, and hopefully make a little bit of extra money from this website because, as I mentioned, I was making an entry-level salary. Uh, But little did I know that website itself would turn into my career. I would fall in love with entrepreneurship. I would find my true um, zone of genius in being able to coach other people, and the rest is history. So that's how it started.
0: I love your story. I, I I love it that you know you had no idea what to do and you felt lost. And I think that it's like very common for people and that they may feel lost in their in their life. But also like in order to achieve what you've achieved at that time, you said you worked hard for it. So you know, for you to actually need to kind of start again, it was I understand like quite challenging. But you made it and then, you know, you started your side hustle first. And then I know that the side hustle uh, started to be like, you know, your main business. Yes. So tell us, like, how do you help people on their journey to build their businesses at the moment?
1: At this point, I mostly focus with them on marketing and mindset. So most of my clients have businesses. They have done sort of the foundational work. I do offer courses for people that need that. Um, but for my one-on-one or my group programs, it's usually for people that have started, they've got some momentum, they've had their first clients and customers, they're usually out of their 9 to 5 or they're around the point where they could leave it, and they're ready to cut through the noise. They're ready to build a legacy more than just build a big business. They're really ready to you know, make this the best it can be. And I do that through my digital marketing techniques as well as through entrepreneurial mindset.
0: So you basically like work with entrepreneurs who have already their businesses and you help them scale their businesses and start making money from their businesses, right?
1: That's right. And make more money from their businesses. (laughs)
0: All right. So how did you turn it like a little side hustle into, you know, having this like full time business and, you know, creating six figures in just three years? Because, you know, many people are struggling to, you know, bring money into their businesses and you've made it and you've made it so well. And I know that you quit your job, of course, and this one is your full time business now. So how did you do that?
1: Oh, thanks, Alex. Yeah. So I just kind of kept saying yes. And that is my big advice to people as they're going on this journey. It's going to be hard and things are going to be unclear. So just keep saying yes when things don't have resistance. So the short version of the evolution for me is that I did learn to start making money from my blog. I started learning at first, how to do things like freelance, how to do things like create a digital course, um, how to do affiliate marketing. And people really started to latch on to that and you know, resonate with my story. And so many people in our generation are sick of living under this nine to five salary, with, which is just not enough for our generation. It's just not for the most part, because we have so many student loans. Um, a lot of us, you know, want to continue working. Women don't want to necessarily stay at home with kids as early on. So there's a lot that you want from your life. And these entry level salaries, especially in cities, just don't cut it. So I got a lot of traction around how I was starting to learn or to make money from side hustling. And from there, I kind of just kept following the clues and kept saying yes to what I was good at. So I was good at entrepreneurship. I was very, very Um, motivated, I naturally had the right kind of grind for it, which I feel very blessed to have had. Um, And some of the mindset stuff that I teach now, I realized that I I didn't necessarily have to learn it all. Some of it was just kind of how I am programmed, but a lot of it I did have to learn. And so I just kept saying yes to being good at entrepreneurship, realizing that I loved having ownership of something. I loved, you know, building something that was my own. And a lot of the cons of entrepreneurship, which are very clear, things like you don't have a consistent income, you you have to actually work more hours on your own business than you do at a nine to five job. It's definitely more work. I want to be really clear about that. Um, and you know, it, it takes a lot of ups and downs. None of those were as uh, nearly as scary to me or as difficult for me as the benefits were. The benefits were so much greater for me. So I just kept following that. It felt good. Um, And then from there, as people started asking me more about what I had been doing, I started offering it in a few different ways. I started doing some e-courses. I wrote some e-books. I started doing some consulting. I started doing coaching, um, just kind of trying out how I could impact people the most based on what I had learned. And coaching really felt right to me. It was a really good fit. I started noticing that the clients that worked with me we're getting excellent results. And so that was obviously hugely fulfilling because in my nine to five jobs, I was so low down, I was only ever supporting people within the company. So I never really felt the the fruits of our labor, so to speak, um, for the, you know, the impact of the company, because I was really only working with the people within it. So being able to see the impact firsthand that i was making was the most rewarding thing career-wise i had ever experienced so i went all into coaching at that point i tried to do i tried to learn as much about being a good coach as i could and push myself and start thinking about what would serve my clients the most And I think a big turning point, not so much a turning point, but when I received a lot of clarity was when I created um, a mastermind within my community. And that's really where to this day, I feel like my company shines the most. That's where my clients get the most transformations. So I think I, I did not start Urban 20 something to say, you know yes, I'm going to be a business coach and I'm going to be one of the best out there. And that's why I'm starting it. I had no idea but I just kept saying yes to the hints along the way. And whenever I did want to say yes to something, I really tried to go all in. So I tried not to overthink it. I didn't dabble it. Once I knew I was good at entrepreneurship, I wanted to know everything about entrepreneurship that I could. Once I knew I was good at coaching, I devoured everything about coaching that I could. Um, Once I saw that my clients worked really well with me one-on-one, I created a mastermind. So that is the pattern that I undertook to create the evolution that now has happened. And I hit six figures, um, I think around two and a half years after I bought the domain. So I didn't even do coaching for the first, I would say year and a half, um, or maybe a year. And was very grateful that six figures happened pretty shortly thereafter, just another sign that
0: it was the right thing to say yes to. I love it. And thank you so much for sharing it. And, uh, you know, what you what you said that you kept saying yes. Yes. And when you started, you didn't know it would happen this way but you were consistent you were persistent you were determined you wanted to do it and when you found out what what you are good at you you didn't just kind of stay there you still wanted to grow to develop yourself to be the best out there as you are saying and you know the the fruits are here now so congratulations on your success and i absolutely love it so touching touching on that what would you say like you know from your experience as a coach and working with entrepreneurs working with people, what would you say is the biggest struggle for people when it comes to doing things their way to starting their own business? Why either are they stuck in their nine to five that they often hate?
1: Because they are conflicting with their own values, so they don't know how to take action. And what I mean by that is, If someone says, I want to do things my own way, I want to build my life by my design, I want to do things the way that I desire and live life on my terms, these are all very sexy phrases and they're very popular right now. And it's super exciting to think about that, to think about designing your life in your own way completely. Yet, when it comes to taking action toward that, people are taking action in ways other people have told them to. They're not actually doing it by their design at all. So they're still making financial decisions based on what they, their parents or their partners or David Ramsey, who I have a lot of respect for. So this isn't anything about him. But my point is they're not making decisions on their terms to build the lives on their terms. They're trying to make decisions from a place that they have been taught, or they've been told, or they've been threatened by, or they've been bullied into, or they've been inspired by. This isn't about judgment, but the point is they don't realize that they're actually taking action from a place of other people's values, but trying to live within their own values. And whenever we have a conflict of values we experience resistance. And it's very hard to get in the momentum that you need to as an entrepreneur when you are coming up against all that resistance. So if you have a value of creating life on your own terms so that you can work when you want and then rest when you want or whatever the case may be, but then you're still you know, deciding that you need to only be working during the work days and you're not working during the nights and weekends it like it really takes in order to get things off the ground then you're still living in conflict with your values. So, I think it's so much about mindset as I know you know Alex. It's so much about the way you think and having self-awareness. And I think self-awareness is probably the the bottom line of mindset because you can't actually change your mindset if you don't know where your mindset currently is. So, if you are not seeing why Things aren't working out for you the way they want. That's why coaches are so powerful because they can kind of see your blind spots and they can see from the outside looking in where you are saying that you want to do something but acting in a a contradictory way. And you might not have the awareness that you're doing that because you're so used to acting in that contradictory way that you don't even realize it's contradicting what you want. So, you know, having the self-awareness to know where you are saying one thing, but acting in another way. And if you're stuck, if you're feeling like, well, no, I am kind of acting the way I think I should be, but you're still not getting the results you want, that's where having someone to support you comes in handy.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I know that it's like so true. And I know that you are the big advocate of investing in yourself, working with other people, uh, investing in coaches, mentors, masterminds. And you've invested like a lot of money into it. And the same as I did. And you know, the, the, the challenge is like, you know, with some people that they don't feel happy and fulfilled in their lives, yet they, are not looking for the support because they kind of have the attitude well I know it all. I'm still stuck. I still am unhappy. I still don't like my life, but I'm not going to invest. Well, I'm no. Sorry. We are saying invest. I I don't want to spend the money because it's not going to help me like, you know, uh, anyway. Uh, Do you come across like, you know, people who, let's say, are saying, you know, you know, I want to work with you, but I don't want to spend money because, okay maybe you are lucky that you are where you are. But, well, I will not be able to do it myself.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, I think that that will always be the case. And I I still struggle with investing. I mean, as much as I believe in it, and I know it's essential, uh, I think that we can all be honest with ourselves that spending money is not always easy. Um, We can have the strongest mindset in the world, or have the most abundant outlook in the world, or even have the most money in the world. It really, you know, you'll hear, you'll talk to people that do have Tons of money and savings, and they're still not happy to spend it. So I think it's not about fighting it. It's not about wait waiting for it to go away. It's not about thinking that if you feel that way, it's any indicator of your success. You know, my mastermind is a great example. So my mastermind is so powerful, and every time we launch it, we have people that are interested in it, that you know, do the application, etc. And Nearly everyone that applies or that I invite it's I, I invite a lot of people into it because I want to make sure that it's a good group. So nearly everyone that applies or invites has some sort of similar initial resistance to it where they just sort of say, you know in one form or another, this sounds great I'd love to do this, but I'm worried about money I'm worried about the investment I don't know if I can make the investment. And then some of them move forward with it and some people don't. That's just how it is with every launch, every offering, every sale in life in general. But I always am so saddened by the people that don't move forward that would have been a good fit because in six months time or in a year's time, when the people that did say yes have totally transformed, have totally made way more money than they ever could have dreamed, have made their mastermind investment back time and time again, And then the others are stuck. It's really sad. And, you know, I think that the people that end up saying no assume that everyone who did say yes did so because they had more money or they don't have fear or they have more coming in or that they weren't experiencing the same fears. And that's never been the case with any group program I've launched or any program nearly everyone has their own version of fear around spending money. It's not about waiting until you don't have that fear. It's just about deciding that you're going to commit and believing in yourself and realizing that if you're saying no because you think it's responsible, that is a form of fear that you're telling yourself. Because if you really invest in something and you know that you have the ability to make it back, which comes from faith within oneself then the responsible thing to do is to invest because then you're making more money than you had originally. So really, you know, not not investing because it feels responsible not to spend your money is actually a disguise of fear that you won't actually be good enough to make it happen or that you don't believe in yourself or that you don't think you have what it takes. It's not actually responsible. The responsible thing to do is learn to make more money and change the lives of you, your family and anyone else who you impact. So all this is to say, yes, the money thing always comes up. It comes up for me. I'm not immune to it, even having done so much transformation in my bank account and in my mind. Uh, But I know now that any financial decision I make is always a reflection of me. It's not a reflection of how much money I have. It's not a reflection of money itself. And it's not a reflection of the person I am or am not trying to invest in. It's whether or not I believe that I can make
0: this happen. So beautifully said. And thank you so much for uh, saying it. And uh, like, you know, you touched many things here because you said about money and about investing, but you also said about like belief in yourself. And this is actually what this podcast is about. It's like confidence rockstar and belief in yourself. So what would you say to people to help them improve their belief in themselves and their confidence?
1: It's such a great question. And I think that where it starts with is that self-awareness piece again. So you have to know where you're not believing in yourself. You have to know that it's your own confidence holding you back. And when that might be the case, but you're not realizing it is if you're ever blaming anyone else. So if you're ever blaming money for a reason that you can't move forward with someone, or you're blaming your boss at your nine to five, because you're too busy working that you can't build your business, or if you're blaming Um, your student loans for the reason that you don't eat healthy because you can't afford organic food or whatever the case may be, that's a sign of a lack of self-awareness because we are all in control of our own circumstances always. And I think that if you can kind of start seeing those red flags in your thinking, then you might be able to think, oh, this might be a place where actually if I just pay attention to my own confidence and my own belief in myself, I could change my circumstances. And from there, it's just about getting clear on what circumstance you need to change in order to make things happen. And I think one thing that isn't talked about enough um, is that confidence gets easier naturally over time. I think we all worry that how scared we feel to do something and how scared we feel to make a big decision is just exhausting and it's a sign that you maybe shouldn't do it. But these decisions get easier. Making money gets less, gets less scary. Taking risks gets less scary. It doesn't need to be so complicated. You just need to build trust with yourself so that when you make these decisions or you make these investments or you take these risks, you've already trusted that, you know, you will come through for yourself and you won't self abandon and you will show up on behalf of what is in your best interests. So that comes with practicing risk-taking and practicing making decisions that take your confidence and taking full ownership of your circumstances so that you can put yourself in a powerful place to change them and create them.
0: Thank you, Leah. So beautifully said. I love it. You said that taking full responsibility, full ownership for your own life and that you can create anything you want. Absolutely. So what would you say, like, you know, what would be your kind of uh, number? I know that you have many, but what would be your number one success tip for people who um, want to start their business, but they are not sure and they don't do it? What a
1: great question. Let me think about that for just one second. What would I? What would be my number one success tip? Um, oh, I have so much I would want to say to someone. <laughs> I think that there's a mindset question that will lead you to success and kind of an action tip. So I think that if you are dabbling with any decision, should I quit my job? Should I start my business? Should I join this mastermind? Should I hire this coach? Should I do anything that you're really wrestling with? Have a sit with yourself, maybe get a glass of wine or a cup of coffee, and write down what is scaring you about that decision. So going back to my story, something that I haven't really mentioned yet, but something that was so the, what I'm thinking of right now is that in the middle of my story, I went through something very traumatic. I lost my dad very suddenly. I was only 25. He was super healthy. He was young. He was in his like 50s. Um, he had no pre existing conditions. We just had no idea that any of this was going to happen. He died out of the blue skiing one day. And I just got a call while I was at dinner from the uh, search and rescue. Team in Colorado just telling me so to say it was traumatic is an understatement. It was and still is the darkest part of my life. But what it did was showed me where I was falsely prioritizing my fear. So I had had Urban Twenty Something going at the time. I had had it as a blog. It was doing okay. It wasn't doing that great, if I'm being really honest. And it was, but I was starting to get dedicated to picking it up and seeing what it could do. And I didn't I did not have the self-awareness at the time to realize that I was not um that I was hugely holding myself back and that I was acting out of so much fear. So I was afraid of spending money on a coach. I was afraid of spending money on Facebook ads. I thought that it was only smart to spend money on my business once my business had made money, which is ridiculous thinking. I mean, why would anyone spend money on your business if you won't even spend money on your own business? But I didn't know that back then. I couldn't see that. I was afraid of putting myself out there. I was afraid of what people from high school would think of me. I was afraid that I wouldn't be good enough. I mean, I had so many fears that I didn't even have the self-awareness to know that I was experiencing. I was I was the blamer. I was the victim. I was the one who was blaming other people for having more money Than I did because they didn't have student loans. So they were able to invest in their business first, or I was blaming other people for having ideas earlier on that I never had. I mean, just crazy stuff. But my point here is when my dad passed, and I went into huge shock and somewhat depression, um, and really had to take a step back and analyze what I was going to do with my life now that everything had felt like it was turned upside down. I realized that all those fears I was experiencing, the fear of money, the fear of putting myself out there, the fear of being a fraud, all of that junk was so much smaller than my fear of not making the most of my life, especially after seeing my dad's life taken from him so soon, so suddenly, so unfairly. And so I don't want something that traumatic to have to happen to you for you to have that same realization. But that is the origin of my suggestion here, which is to have an honest conversation with yourself about what is scarier to you. Is it scarier to quit your job or is it scarier to stay in that job for the rest of your life? Is it scarier to start your business or is it scarier to work for someone else for the rest of your life? Is it scarier to invest in your business or is it scarier to live on a you know, entry level salary only making enough to survive for the rest of your life. All of that is far less scary than you know the idea that you would stay stagnant or stuck in my view. And I want to be clear. I know that I'm kind of on a rampage right now, but I am not saying that everyone should be an entrepreneur or that quitting your job is the only way to go. I want you to substitute whatever your version of Your dreams or your goals or your ambitions are. It doesn't need to be entrepreneurship. It doesn't need to be quitting your job, but maybe it's going back to school. Maybe it's deciding to move to a different country. Maybe it's deciding that you want to, I don't know, start a pizza joint or something like that and use your some of your savings on that. Whatever excites you about it, ask yourself, what is scarier? Saying yes and just trying something or saying no and staying where I am for the rest of my life? So from a mindset perspective, that would be my number one tip would be to really prioritize your fear. And you can do this with a pen and a paper, write down the order of what scares you the most and whatever scares you the most is what you need to make sure doesn't happen, like staying stuck. Um, And then I guess from, you know, standpoint of just daily practices and things like that, just really making sure that you are surrounding yourself and treating yourself as the person that you want to become. So that will mean that your lifestyle will change. It will mean that your friends might change. It might mean that you're going to have to have difficult conversations with your partner about the fact that you might be spending your money, your time and your resources differently now, because you're going to do it in alignment with the vision that you have, not the place that you're currently from. So I've seen this mean a bunch of different things for my clients. This can mean that they um, start exercising differently. They start eating differently. They start saving differently. They start spending differently. They start treating people differently. They start having alone time. It's very personal, but it is more than just a change in how you spend your days. It's a change in who you are. So both of them need to happen.
0: I love it, Leah. Thank you so much for saying it. I had the goosebumps when you were uh, sharing the story about your dad, even though I I, I knew about it. But, you know, what happened and how it made you, what it made you realize and how you took action and you uh, stayed, you know, on track with your business and you really went like deep into it and created something amazing it's, it's 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 great and I love your honesty in this interview sharing your personal story but also sharing how you help people because you are like very blunt about you know what it is, how it is and I, I love it, I love it because you know it's not like oh whatever maybe you can, maybe you don't know it's like about the mindset, about the self-awareness, about realizing where uh, you need help support and maybe working with someone So I absolutely love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing it. And it's so, so true what you said. Yes, absolutely. I I love what you said when you said um, what is scarier, yeah? Being like, you know, trying something and maybe it will work out uh, or regretting for the rest of your life that you haven't even tried, yeah? So, like, all the people who are, uh, like, finishing their life and they kind of, you know, if you ask them what do you regret, all of them say that I regret that I haven't done this, I haven't even tried, that I haven't, I don't know, traveled, I haven't done this, I haven't been there. So, you know, nobody regrets that they didn't spend more time at work or something yes so <laughs> it's always about the chances we didn't take so love it thank you okay so the last question i would like to ask you what would you say like your number one kind of golden nugget for people to uh, you know increase their confidence to become this confidence rock star what kind of is your golden nugget like, i don't know for you or for people that you work with what will be that one tip
1: uh, what always keeps me going with this? It's a very good question. And I know in the earlier in this interview, I said that confidence gets easier and it does get easier, but in some ways, it does get harder too. Because we're, if you are an entrepreneur, you're constantly trying to up level. And so you're constantly being pushed or challenged to do something new. And it does take a new level of confidence every time and i think what always comes what i always come back to and I, this is a really good question because even though i'm kind of talking about the successes i've had i have struggled with confidence specifically for me i've struggled with worthiness over the years i've i feel like that was something i picked up in childhood some sort of not worthy that's kind of, you know i think we all have our stuff from childhood that we may or may not know is still showing up in our life. And worthiness has been one of mine. But anyway, my point is, what I've done to stay in my confidence and stay worthy comes from my favorite book uh, that I've ever read. It's called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace C. Waddles. It's actually a big part of what led me into coaching and um, working with many of the mentors that I work with now. They've studied it. But my point is, um, in that book, they he talks Wallace E. Wattles and this was written in the early 1900s. So this isn't a new phase or like a fad thing. But Wallace E. Waddles talks about how the greatest thing you can do for yourself and for the world and for God. And I am a religious person. So the greatest thing you can do for you, for God and for the world is to make the most of yourself. And I think that especially women can sometimes think that that sounds selfish or it might sound vain. But when you actually put it into practice, it makes so much sense because if you are, for example, a mother and I'm not a mother, so I'm just using this as uh, an example, knowing that I am not a mother, but if you are a mother and you're not, I know you, you, you talk about this often, Alex, if you're not filling your own cup up first, you're not going to be as present of a mother. You're not going to be as healthy of a mother or a wife or a partner or whatever, um, And you're not going to be making your family the best you can be. And if you're working, you're not going to be making your work the best it can be. And it's, you know, even the same in in my life and in my marriage, I can see the same thing. If I'm not giving 110% to my business, to my own potential, to my own dreams, then I'm not setting my husband and I up better for our future. And I'm not helping my clients and I'm not impacting them as well. And I'm not reaching more people. If I were to feel like it was selfish of me to grow and to be confident and to ask for the things that I want, then I would still be making $60,000 a year at a nonprofit in New York and have nowhere near the impact on my clients and my husband and I and me and my own family and all the people that follow me, you know throughout the world, um, that I do now. So there's nothing selfish about it. And that is something I always come back to when I, when I need to remind myself why I should go for something, why I can go for something and why I can make it happen is remembering that it's almost my duty to stay confident because that's how we make the most of ourselves. And that's the greatest contribution we ever can have to the world.
0: Thank you, Leah. It's amazing what you said. And I love it. I love the book as well. And I recommend this book like uh, big time. Absolutely. And as you said, like, you know, make the most of yourself because only then you can help yourself and help the ones around you, whether this is like your loved ones, your family members or complete strangers. And you can have so much impact on others and help them change their lives as well. And this is what you do and what you are brilliant at. So thank you so much for sharing this.
1: Thank you, Alex. My pleasure.
0: Uh, all right Leah thank you so much Uh, we are coming up to the end here so I would like to thank you one more time for being our guest and to sharing your story I can talk um, on and on with you because I would like to ask you so many other questions Uh, and uh, you know what you are sharing is so valuable Uh, so people can of course connect with you all the links to like Leah's website and social media they will be in the show notes uh, of this uh, episode so you can uh, connect with her She's amazing. I highly encourage everybody to reach out to to Leah. She, she, she's brilliant. So once again, Leah, thank you so much for being my guest. It was a pleasure and honor to have you on.
1: Oh, Thank you so much, Alex. It was a pleasure to be here. And I'm really touched that you asked me to come share. Uh,
0: thank you. And thank you guys uh, so much for joining um, us today and for, uh, li- for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe so you will not miss uh, next episodes. And if you think that it was valuable as much as I do, share it with your friends. They may need to hear this message today as well and get inspired and motivated to take action. And if you want to leave me a review on iTunes or other platforms, that will be highly appreciated as well. Stay tuned and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. To get started on your confidence journey, I invite you to grab free five-day email course Confidence Rockstar. You will get five daily lessons sent directly to your mailbox, so you will have access to them anytime you like. You can grab this gift on the website alexgrzybek.com forward slash five days. All of the links to this episode you will find in the show notes below. And one more thing. I want to invite you to my personal website, alexgrzybek.com, where you'll find other podcast episodes and more of the free resources to help you on your confidence journey. Bye for now, and I'll see you in the next episode.